Welcome back, everybody. Hey, now. Below Average Joe's After Dark. <laughs> Happy Hump Day. It's the best day yes. of the week. Yes, yes, you are correct. Uh, not the best day of the week, but <laughs> a quality day, for sure. We are doing an After Dark recording, though. <laughs> well, More so is... for you than me, but... Yeah, um... You know how last episode... I mentioned that it was the uh, first time I was doing a podcast hungover. Yeah. Well, you know what you have to do to get hungover, right, Don? You gotta uh, drink some beverages. Sure. This is my first drunk podcast, I'm just gonna be honest. So, if I fuck this up, y'all are gonna know why. I think you'll be good. I think I'll be, I think I'll be alright. It's just, just, just a couple drinks. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... So, how are we doing this Wednesday, Dom? I'm good, man. Uh, life good? good? Yeah, life's good. I know life's good for you right now, right? <laughs> it's, it's been alright. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to get into this one. <clears throat> yep. This is going to be the big one where we finally can get really uh, uh, integrated with our wonderful audience. And that's why I'm so excited. Agreed. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and break down the rules for you guys so you can find out how do you get involved, yeah. right? Yeah, again, <clears throat> this is going to be part one of a series. Yep. Series titled Versus. Rules? Dom oh, yeah. Versus Noah. Break it down for him. All right, so the rules. Not that many. I'm sure over time there may be things added or removed from However, this However... Very crucial rules. Yeah. Uh, overall, five fights. That's five. all that we're... Uh, well, main, I guess yeah. I should start by a saying... A main card only. I should start by saying that the whole concept is that me and you are booking our own pay-per-views. Correct. Our five-fight main card pay-per-views. Who is the better matchmaker? Correct. So the only rules are there's you're only doing five fights. You have a maximum of two title fights unless... You put Conor McGregor in one of those fights, then it's one. Right. Conor must be the main event right. as well. Um, kind of a given. I, I think I, like, I didn't say this in the last episode, but I feel like they don't have to be the main event. But I feel like you're also taking away a title fight if you use Jorge Masvidal or Nate Diaz. Yeah. Unless you're including them in a title fight. Right. Which neither. Same with Conor. Be, like yeah. it, it yeah. you can use them in title fights, but uh, realistically, all three of them I yeah. wouldn't. I mean, as we saw. In January of this year, Connor headlined a pay-per-view with Cowboy Cerrone for right. no belt yep. at their unnatural weight class. Yep. So, um, along with those uh, potentially two title fights, we can use an additional maximum of four top ten fighters. Now, there's going to be some more clarity as time goes on. As if, are we allowed to just do one through ten? Or is that's it... what I took it as. Yeah. So I was. I didn't say it, but in my head I was thinking, when I'm saying top ten, I'm thinking six through ten. Because I look at one through five as being who would fight for the belt. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm not saying that they don't have cards where they stack it like that. I mean, they do. And overall, this is just meant to be fun, so I'm not trying to... For this episode, we're going to let it slide. Yeah. Even though, like, you're kind of... We're still man, learning you're the kind, rules. Yeah, you're, yeah, sure, okay. Fucking cheating ass. Cheating ass motherfucking... <laughs> hey, man. There might be kids watching. Kids. Sorry, kids. kids. Well, you know, maybe they're trying to learn. Look, kids. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. You're tuning in the wrong episode. Let me tell you something, kids. Go to fucking bed. It's like 5 in the morning when this is being posted. That don't mean... Go they... to school or some shit. They can watch it on lunch break or when they get home. Oh, man, whatever. Anyways. Dude, they... Keep going over the rules. <laughs> so, the maximum four top ten fighters. I feel like I have to keep recapping what we already said because I keep getting off track. So, two title fights or Connor, right. Nate, Masvidal. Maximum four top ten fighters after those title fights. And then... You have an unlimited amount of unranked and 11 through 15 ranked fighters that you can use. Yep. Also, and I think this is probably most important in my opinion, at least for people understanding what this is. Yeah, I agree. This takes into account their current standing. Yeah, what they're ranked, if they're the champ. So a good example would be, I can't say my main event is going to be Conor McGregor as the featherweight champion. Right, up right. You can't just give someone a belt. Yeah. 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 Um, but it does not take into account their current matchup. So we right. could totally, like, you know, Robert Whitaker is about to fight Jared Cannonier. We could totally put Whitaker up against Adesanya yeah. or yeah. Cannonier up against Costa or yeah. whoever. Right. Like, overall, it's just who, who we're trying to put together the best card based on what we know today. Yes. Which today is September 1st. Yes. 2020. Shout out first day of September. Yeah, it's going to be a big month. Yep. No simp September, by the way. Well. <laughs> I think we failed. <laughs> I think we failed already. September 1st. <laughs> September 1st. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Come on. So Here we go. We're going to just go and get started, um, I guess. So... We want to do okay, yeah, good, good, good. Um, for example, like I say, my first fight of the night. Right. You say yours. My second, your second, all the way up to the main event. Yep. Okay. And we can just talk shit to each other as we go, because I feel like as we go higher up, I'm gonna get pissed. Yeah, like I you. can already tell you, there's no chance I'm buying your pay per view. Oh really? I didn't. I don't even know what your list is. I think you're gonna buy mine over yours. I think I know you better than you know yourself. There's only one way to find out. Right. Don't look at my list. Oh wait. Oh oh. Hey. Oh, sorry. You know what's in the notepad? <laughs> I, I thought this it, is the notepad. I thought it was on the phone, like most fucking normal twenty first century. No, I write days. my notes with a pen. Anyways, I'll go first. When we yeah. have merch come out, one of my go tos is gonna have a notepad. <laughs> Our on. merch. Hey All man. Right. Anyways. All right. Here we go. This is it. Episode or not episode, <laughs> but uh, part one of the versus yeah. series. So I just want to start by <clears throat> explaining kind of how my card's built here, right? So what are the best cards? Obviously, the best cards have great fights. Yes. Like I've said so many times in the past, great fights aren't made on paper. They're made in the octagon. This is facts. So it's all about finding the right matchups, right? Yep. But also, I want to put a card together that shows off everything the UFC has to offer. Yep, I agree. So one of my restrictions I put on myself was I was only doing one fight per division. Um, there is obviously more divisions than fights. That I was also there. able to pull that off. Oh, I, it's not a hard thing to pull off, right? But it you know in my but, head that was what I was like going well, into if, it I mean, thinking. You got to think though, like there are a lot of cards where you know say there'll be uh, a title fight in the bantamweight division, so they'll mm-hmm. co-main it with a bantamweight. You know, yeah. It just depends. It's not every pay per view. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah. So, overall, uh, yeah. Then, I guess another thing that, uh, strategy-wise, um, 
I may have brought this up on Monday's episode, but ultimately, I ended up matching up on my first two fights. I ended up matching up a guy that was in the top 10 versus a guy that was in the 11 to 15. Because you could do that. Yeah, I have one of those. Well, wouldn't you have two then? No. Just one. I already feel like this is going to be cheating, but anyways. We're good. Okay. (laughs) So... (laughs) There's only one way. Look, this is the part one. We'll learn from this. I think we're good. I think we're good. I will call you out. If I count more than four, Okay. I'm calling your ass out. My first fight's in the welterweight division. First fight of the night to get the pay-per-view started. Yep. Division currently ruled by Kamaru Usman. Oh. Ooh. And he is who I have fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, has got my, five title fights. My first fight is the number ten ranked Vicente Luque oh. going up against the number eleven ranked Jeff Neal. Very nice, very yeah. nice. Um, I'm not gonna like sit here when I'm explaining mine and going into too much detail about what these guys like, where their records are at or their win streaks. If you're talking um, styles, I'm just talking styles here, Shoot. and you're talking two guys who bring it. Yes. Now, Jeff Neal. Um, as of today, appears to be the more promising prospect. If you want to talk about, like, title hopes. Does that sound right? That's, that's yeah. safe to say. Yeah, Luke, Luke has it. He's, like, on a hype train right now. The problem with Luke is, and I, and I love this about him, but it's, it is, unfortunately, a hindrance to his title hopes, is that he often throws caution to the wind. Yes, he does. Uh, you see in fights where he'll, he'll get the fight of the night against someone like Wonderboy Thompson. But Wonderboy Thompson just pieces him up mm. for like almost the entirety of the fight. Um, but uh, lately he's looked really good. Um, he had a great performance against Randy Brown. I believe that was just like a month ago or something. Yeah. Are you talking about Neil? Yeah. No, 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 no. Luke. Oh, oh Luke, yes. He just now, Jeff Neil also, I believe, had a great performance Before against Randy Brown. Before his infection. Yeah. Um, he is looking like going to be set to fight Neil Magny next, but that's a fight I definitely see him winning. And I, I just think on paper this is just a perfect matchup. Two guys in similar places in their career, but also yeah. like different. Like both have that rising prospect, that promising prospect label to him. But Luke's traded a couple wins and losses here and there. Jeff Neal hasn't. He's he's been very consistent. That's a really fun matchup. I, th- I think, I think Luke's fought decent amount more if you really break it down by how much they're fighting each year but uh yeah i love that matchup and i think it's a great way to start off the show that's a yeah that's a great first fight of the night so uh dom your first fight silent assassin in the hands of steel those are sick names to go up against each other anyway my opening fight of my pay-per-view we're in the men's featherweight division. 145 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a returning uh, listener of the podcast, you know that I'm particularly... Uh, they get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm high on one specific gentleman in that division. You're kind of scaring me. Who happens to be ranked number 11. That's Mr. Sadiq Yusuf. Oh, yeah. 
he will be opening up my pay-per-view card against the man with the most... This is kind of a bad way to hype this guy up, but I'm doing it anyway. I know who you're going to pick. He will be fighting the man with the most losses in UFC history. Number eight ranked Jeremy Stevens to start off the main card. What's so funny is I almost put this fight on mine. Really? Yeah. So I'll be honest. But you know why I didn't? Why? Because it blows. Continue. Cut. Cut. <laughs> Cut it. Cut. All right. So I've got, uh, again, I think this is a, from a ranking standpoint, this is kind of another fight that makes sense. Uh, Sadiq has yet to kind of have that uh, that big name that kind of puts him at that next level. Like, right. so far, we know that he's a really great fighter, uh, young up-and-comer, born out of Nigeria, so he's looking to become the next Nigerian champ uh, following in Usman's footsteps. So he's looking for that big name. He's 11-1. and one. He puts on great fights, exciting fights. And I think Jeremy Stevens is kind of that perfect dude because, again, I started it out by introducing him in a very bad way. Yeah. Jeremy Stevens has been in the UFC for years, and he's literally fought everybody in the entire division. I um, love how you said you – I don't know why it didn't hit me until just now. You're like, this man has lost more than any other person yeah. ever Yeah. in the UFC. Um, but granted, his competition has been extremely tough. Obviously, it we has. know that. It has. And um, – you know, Jeremy is a guy that's always going to bring it, no matter who he's fighting, um, no matter how old they are, if they're a veteran like him, if they're a young up-and-comer. So, obviously, there's more to gain out of this for Sadiq. And I think even I'd give Sadiq the benefit of the doubt to win this fight as well. Because sure. Jeremy's, I think it's safe to say, on the you know the down downward slope of his career. But, again, still a tough veteran that's been in there with the who's who. And can give a real young prospect like Sadiq a, a really tough fight. But at the end of the day, if Sadiq were to win that, he would uh, crack the top ten. Mm-hmm. He has a great name on his resume. And from there, can look forward to, you know, number six, number five ranked guy. Yeah, so. overall, that's a very exciting fight, I, I will say. Because I think uh, what's also important here is that we have to try to convince our viewers, viewers why... The other person's card is not as good. You're going to try and convince them that my card sucks? Not that it sucks. I mean, I said it's a good fight. I said but. Which, here comes the but. Let's hear it. Um, ultimately, this matchup is set up for Yusuf to win. Like, everybody's going to think that he is going to win. I'm not saying like anything can happen, right? I'm not saying that he will win, but... Ultimately, this is has the makings of being very one-sided, in my opinion. Well, I I, uh, I view it as a Shabazian versus Brunson type fight, and we saw what happened there. Not saying Jeremy's gonna uh, wrestle Sadiq. Oh, you, you know think, what I'm saying? Are you sure? Are you really about to say you think Jeremy Stevens is gonna beat Yusuf? No, I already said Yusuf is who I would take in that. So why fight. do you see Brunson and Shabazian? Cause like it's a similar oh you just fight, mean like, like the a matchup yeah, oh I yeah. thought you were talking about like the how the actual no not fight the outcome went. like how the fight would be uh, honestly promoted as to be honest that's probably yeah I mean I I definitely get that and I'm a big Jeremy Stevens guy um, so like I I love that you know you're including him on here I just think you made a note that he is on the downward swing of his career not that he can't still be very competitive but. Um, I don't know. 
Dude, that's There's crazy. something about that fight that's just like, it just feels like it's tailor-made for Yusuf to really break out. Did you know he's only 34? Jeremy Stevens. Oh, really? <laughs> that's crazy. He's been fighting in the UFC since I could barely walk, I feel like. But mm. anyway, that's my opening fight. <laughs> All right. I said my piece. Hopefully the viewers agree with me. I pass it back to you, my friend. All right. My second fight. <clears throat> Once again, top 10 guy versus 11 through 15. Uh, we're in the light heavyweight division. Mm. So, um, a bit of a... There's a bit of a stagger here as far as, like, where these guys are ranked and where they're at in their current careers. Like, this matchup likely wouldn't be happening right now. Yeah, what, what are you going to say I, here? I, I like it, though. Uh, number six... Jiri Prochaka. That's your guy. I like, you I love like me that some guy. Jiri. Um, a guy with just a very wild, another caution to the wind type guy. A guy just, he's kind of silly in the octagon. He just looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. You know who that describes perfectly? <laughs> the number 11 ranked. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. That would be fun. That's a fun one. So, on paper, um, you would assume Jiri's the one that's got the... He would the, be uh, the betting favorite. He would be the betting favorite. Walker has lost a lot of his uh, steam after back-to-back losses that, one, Corey Anderson pretty much shut you know, shut his lights out. Yeah, so, he did. Um, kind of hurt him there. But then he followed that up with the decision loss that he just looked very tentative and didn't throw a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like these two guys both mirror each other very well and that yeah. they're just wild guys that are going to stand and bang and uh, I just think it's a lot of fun. Probably won't be the most technical fight. Um, Both guys show some deep, like good technique don't get me wrong but they also seem to just enjoy putting on a show. Yeah, especially Johnny. Yeah, and uh, even in that fight Jiri had with Vulcan Uzdemir he ends up winning that fight, second round knockout, but Leading up to it, he was getting hit with some shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, that fight could have went either way. And Vulcan t- hits hard, dude. Yeah, so uh, overall, I, I love that matchup. I love the idea that like it can be a bounce back for Johnny. But really, if Jiri wins that, if anything, like Johnny Walker is still a better-known fighter than Jiri Prochaka is in UFC. Yeah, yeah. So if, in a way, it's like it kind of benefits both guys. Because if Johnny beats Jiri, then it's like, okay, now he's, he's back, back to on track. almost the top five guy. Yeah, yeah. If Jiri gets the win, then it establishes him as being like a potential star, in my eyes. Maybe not as much so as it would have been if he was in Corey Anderson's shoes way back when, but um, overall, I like it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's a fun fight, man. And it's like a matchup. I don't like that you're but... not talking shit. I'm just yeah. giving credit where credit's due. All right. I don't, I mean, I at the end of the day, I don't see anything wrong with, like, that matchup happening, to be honest. You're doing the whole kill him with kindness type thing, aren't you? Hey, man. <laughs> I'm just a guy that speaks facts. Yeah. All right, what's your next fight? My second fight of the night is going to take place in the lightweight division mm. with two top ten opponents mm. matching off against one another. A fight that I think is actually super realistic and could even be both of their next fights. Potentially, if I'm not forgetting a fight that's already been scheduled. But again, we're not taking those into account. Right. I have number six ranked 
Charles Oliveira, the all-time leader in submission victories in the UFC, taking on number five ranked Dan the Hangman Hooker. So, also another guy that I'm high on and that I've spoke a lot about in a couple episodes, Oliveira. This is a guy that, again, has been in the UFC for what seems like forever. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, he's still under the age of 30. My phone's not loading right now, but I'm almost positive he is. Again, he's the all-time leader in submission victories. So, from a stylistic standpoint, this is you could not get more like polar opposites, in my opinion. And that's what kind of intrigued me a lot with this one. Oliveira is on a tear right now, and I think is a guy that can cause problems to anyone in the top 10 in that division. I think he's very slept on, underrated, and he's really the only submission specialist in that entire top 10. Dan Hooker, on the other hand, has been known to sling it out a time or two in some boys. <laughs> yes, he has. Um, so, Hooker coming off uh, back-to-back losses, right? He just lost to Poirier. Did he win before that one? He beat Paul Felder before that, and then Alain Quintus. So he just lost to Dustin Poirier, and probably the second best fight of the year uh, behind Wei Li, Zhang, and Yolanda. So Hooker is on a, off, coming off a loss. Oliveira is on a win streak right now. Again, it's number six versus number five. It's a fight that makes sense to me, with basically the rest of the division locked up right now anyway. Um, this is very fun. I would like to see how Hooker could potentially keep the fight standing. And if he's able to keep the fight standing, could Oliveira compete at all with his incredible Muay Thai and like kickboxing right, skills? Right. And if it's on the ground, surely you give Oliveira the huge advantage there. So can Hooker last on the ground? So this is a fight that really intrigued me, and I, and I think it's a fight that realistically like makes sense. And for either guy, whoever would win this hypothetical fight, would be one win away, honestly, from a title fight, the way the division is right now. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're pretty so yeah, spot I, on. Honestly, like, that's my favorite fight like on my card I made, just because I'm so... I would be so excited if the fight were to really happen. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's no, my I, second fight. I completely uh, agree with you. I think that's a great fight. Uh, I'm For my next fight... I am not leaving the division. Lightweight? Lightweight division. Let's hear what you got. Ooh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Come on. Tell me. It's a fight that's already booked. Oh, really? That's okay, though. That's that's fine. Right? That's Is that okay? I, if you guys want to hold it against him, you can. I don't think they will, though, because we all know what the fight at that division is. Bruh, tell me you didn't make this your third fight of the night. Bro, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm walking off set for a second. Go ahead and tell him. I'm just, I'm away from the set right now. Are you kidding? Oh, man. You need help. What's funny is... Or are you about to say a fight that I'm not thinking of? I'm joking. So, I almost switched it to... Okay, what I was about to say was Dustin Poirier and Tony Ferguson. Right. But um, that was a fight that I had put on here earlier. Yeah. And I noticed it was still on there when I was about to read them off. And I was like... Oh, it wasn't supposed to be on there. No. Oh, okay. Um, But, I I mean, I I do think that could reasonably be a third fight on a card. You're kind (laughs) of... You kind of overreacted there. However, that's not the fight I'm choosing. Because I'm the one that's being kind of a stickler here, so I'm 
not about to put that fight at number three and just completely torch you. And you Wait, know. so are you in the lightweight division or no, not? No, I'm not. I'm in the bantamweight division. You just completely, <laughs> like, bamboozled the people. All right. So and I'm me. The, I'm in the bantamweight division. Bantamweight division. Men's? Men's bantamweight. All right. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. What we got? Let's hear it. Come on. Give it to me. We met him. Number three. <laughs> Cody Garbrandt. No love. A guy who I think is very underrated in just his performances. Like what he like how exciting he is. Yeah. Win or lose. Even in losses, yeah. Just how exciting the fights are. I will say, but sorry to cut you off. A smart fighting Cody Garbrandt is a dangerous Cody Garbrandt. He is. Just saying. You know who another dangerous guy is? I don't care if he hasn't won in that division yet. Wait a second. Number seven ranked Jose Aldo. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. That one just hit me from left field, yeah, yeah. buddy. So, wow. So that that fight slapped me in the face. I've never once thought of those two fighting each other. Ever. Me neither. And ever. Here I am. Wow. But chaos that's what this fight wow. comes out to me as wow because you look at um aldo and his performances at bantamweight he is you know he got beat up by peter yan but he was hitting yan with the uh, with the kitchen sink man he was <laughs> yeah that was a great uh, fight until the fourth and fifth and then he, his first fight at bantamweight against marlon Marais, like a fight that he arguably won got a title he's, shot off of it he's number seven but he he's an argue like he's definitely like in that top five he's definitely i would put him above frankie edgar he's it's safe to say that Jose Aldo has still got an inning. You yeah, know? and Cody Garbrandt's another guy who people seem to be kind of counting out even after his big win over a Sun Sal. Yeah, That's another guy who I don't think is like, uh, there's no way he's done. Even if he loses this flyweight title fight Cody? that he has coming up, I don't think that just means he's done or that he'll never be a champ again. That guy, like, again, We've seen you how said good it, you said be. it, a smart Cody is dangerous. Like for anyone that hasn't seen Cody fight Dominic Cruz when Cody won the belt. It's one of the best five round performances of any title challenger I've ever seen in the UFC. So if you haven't seen that I would highly suggest go watch that. His three losses that he had in a row were just honestly as like a fan hard to watch because the, you know how much better he is than that. Those the first fight against TJ he drops TJ at the very end of the I first still round. think to this day 10 more seconds that fight's over. It might have been. But, you know, that's not but how it works. That's not how it works, you know. So, uh, that second fight, though, looked like he kind of just got, he got, he got, uh, what's the word? He kind of got drawn into the same uh, plan of attack for TJ. It was yeah. like just, he just looked at and you went, how, was that really smart of him to, like, Do fight like that? the same thing. Yeah. Um, which, is, you know what it reminded me of in a, Di- completely different style fight, but it reminded me of when Rumble Johnson rematched Daniel Cormier. Yeah. And that rematch and like his last fight in UFC. Basically didn't switch. Where he up. started trying to take him down and yeah. weird stuff like that. And you're just like Why? Are you like is your head in the right place for this? Yeah. Um but then Cody follows that up with another just very disappointing loss with Munoz, a fight that those guys were going back and didn't forth. Didn't they get fight of the night even though it was yeah. only one round? 
It was. It only lasted about four minutes. Yeah, but that was wild. They went back and forth, man. I mean, they were just standing and trading, yeah. like throwing. Yeah. I mean, they're 135 pounds, but they were throwing some well, wicked shots. Uh, Munoz is another guy in that division that just gets slept on too. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, he arguably won that fight against Edgar. Yeah. Um, but overall, I just think on paper, this is just a great fight for both guys and where they're at at this time. You know, obviously Cody's got that matchup with Figueredo. Aldo's kind of, uh, he doesn't really have a fight right now, but um, kind of figuring out what's next for him. But if you took away that Cody's that Cody's moving to flyweight, uh, I think it's a it's like a perfect uh, style matchup. Well, just a perfect matchup at where they're at right now. That's really like a, a type of fighter that Cody hasn't really taken on. Like, the like the seasoned vet. I mean, obviously he fought Dominic, but that was for the belt. So like he had to go through Dom. You know what I mean? But outside of that, like to get to the title, he was just fighting all the other young guys. You know, mm-hmm. so that is a that is interesting. Yeah. And even for Aldo, like that'd be a huge fight for him. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Almost I mean, bigger for Aldo than Cody. Because I think Aldo really wants. To I think prove it's that bigger. The belt I think it's division. bigger for Aldo in terms of. Um, the, the uh, division and kind of what... I think it's bigger... For each guy, I feel like what their goals would be by taking that fight, like, it's big for both of them. Because for Aldo, he's taking that fight looking for a top-five guy that he can beat. and He's trying to prove that he belongs. That he belongs. Yeah. Cody, on the other hand, taking that fight with someone who's ranked below him, coming off a win, that tells me that's more of a legacy fight. You see that the UFC believes in him as a star. Yeah. I mean, regardless of that, you know, that Munoz fight was the first fight of the night, but he was the co-main of UFC 217, one of the biggest cards ever with TJ Dillashaw. Yep. Right below Michael Bisping and GSP. GSP. Then their rematch, he was, they were the headliner above Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo, too. Yep. And then you just had his latest fight with uh, Rafael Sunsau, that was the co-main of UFC 250. And now, as of today, they're set to headline. Uh, him and Davis and Figueredo are set to headline as That's going to be a uh, what? UFC. Is that going to be a pay-per-view? Yeah, because that's them and uh, which card is it? 255 in uh, November. Yeah. Okay. Because it's Jennifer Maya and Valentina. Okay, well. okay. Yeah, yeah, the flyweight. Yeah, yeah. yeah back to back. Okay. So overall, you know, but yeah. obviously the UFC believe in Cody Garbrandt as a star. Cause well, I mean, they're giving him Think money. about it like this. When have you ever seen a flyweight title fight headline a pay-per-view? It's happened. Well, as, rarely, if you look at the, all the other weight classes. If you look at the lowest-selling UFC pay-per-views in the modern era, a lot of times they've been the ones headlined by Demetrius Johnson. Unfortunate because he's so great. Well, part of which probably because everyone knew he was going to win, and then a, a higher majority because people just weren't interested. Right. And Cody just has that thing, right? He has the look, he has the um, exciting style, and he also has been trading wins and losses. Yeah. He had, and it, some people he rubs the wrong way. Some people love the guy because you see him like when he wins the belt and he has the the kid. That was awesome, Maddox. Cancer. Yeah, and, shout like, out gives Maddox. Him the belt. Like, he's such a polarizing type person, but it's not like Henry Cejudo where it's, like, polarizing because he's annoying. No, Cody's, like... Cody's a very serious guy, and he just has that perfect mesh of everything to be a big-selling fight. I agree. 
So yeah. putting him on the third fight here, I mean, my my next two, they gotta they gotta. Well, deliver. we were just literally discussing before <laughs> yeah. recording. I was like, yeah, I had this one fight with Cody lined up, and it was the third fight, but I went uh, went away from it. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but uh, I ahead. like that. Yeah. That's that is uh, intriguing for both guys. So go ahead with uh, your next fight. So this is actually the only fight. You're on your third fight, right? Yes, this will be okay. my third fight. This is fun. Uh, I brought this up to you already, so you already know what's coming. This is the oh. only fight that either of us know about out of ten fights that you, you know, that we know of each other's. Uh, I've brought this up in the MMA on Point Twitch chat. Our boy Mac Malley, shout out Mac, uh, shout out all the boys in that Twitch chat for showing this love. <laughs> yeah. So I brought up this idea, right? I'm upset about this. You one. ever heard of uh, Rumble Johnson, Anthony Rumble Johnson? I should say. You know, that, that powerhouse, light heavyweight, that was always one one thing away from a title, but right. then he ran into that guy named yeah, it gets a point. Daniel yeah, Cormier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, if you guys haven't heard, well, actually, if you listen to our podcast, you would have heard, he's uh, entered back into the USADA drug testing pool. Anthony Johnson wants to come back to the light heavyweight division mm-hmm. to try and make one more run at that title. Yes, he does. So is my third fight of the night. Anthony is returning to my pay-per-view card. And you know who's going to meet him and welcome him back to the UFC? I'm so mad about this. You know who's welcoming him back? Because you know, I know who it is. The guy that you picked to be the light heavyweight <laughs> champion this time next year. I, number two ranked Tiago Santos. Do you want to, hold on. Hold on. I'm hold just going to drop the mic. Hold on. I'm dropping All the right. mic. Um, viewers, you see, this is... Dom is a fucking asshole because he is using something I've said in a previous podcast against me here. Because what am I supposed to say? No, that fight sucks. I predicted... He's using the fact that I predicted Tiago to be the light heavyweight champion to garner your votes. Hey, man. No, that's not at all what crossed my mind. No, 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 no. Okay, hold on, hold on. Dom... You're just going to feed lies. No, 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 Dom... For one, Dom had the nerve to shit on the idea of Ferguson and Poirier being the third fight, and then he puts Rumble as. as this a is a fight. very reasonable third fight of the night. I mean, if Tiago's going to be the future light heavyweight champion, I don't know. Well, guess who didn't have him as his future <laughs> champ? Me. That's, okay, that's true. So uh, obviously, you think he sucks, and you're just no. Gonna, you're I just, think no. You're feeding him the Rumble. This is legitimately a fight that. Uh, I think it's a good welcome back fight. If you're Rumble and you want to prove that you still got it and you want to earn your title shot, take on a top five yeah, guy. I mean, all jokes aside, Tiago is number two. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you have to think the guy, you have the two guys fighting for the belt uh, coming up this month. Number one, Dominic Reyes, and right behind him, number th- right behind San- Santos, number three, Jan Blahovich. Yes. So he's um, right there. And, like, you want to talk about a matchup. These boys are going to throw cinder blocks at each other's faces. Who's going to fall first? That's the question they'd be asking leading into this promotion. It's not if, but when. The when will they fall? And what, like... Who's going to be doing it? I, I, like I said, I thought about this, I think it was almost two weeks ago now. Or a week and a half ago, whenever. I'm like, damn. This would be a fun fight. And a fight that I think is not that far off uh, in terms of realism. No, I, I wouldn't say it's uh, unrealistic. I'm not, like, 
he could potentially come back and fight someone not ranked that high. But, you know, this is me having fun, making a fight card. And if I'm a Rumble fan, right? I want to see him take on someone in the top five. Mm-hmm. And he's done enough in the promotion. Like, his last loss before he retired was for a title. Right. So, like, it's safe to say he deserves a top five to come back. We've seen people switch divisions and get title shots and switch divisions and take on the number one contender. So, like, there's no reason that a guy that's really, he's not even that old, and he's proved how good he is outside of his two title fights. Uh, I think it's a fight that would be deserving. And I think uh, for Tiago, that's a big fight for him, man. Like yeah, it is. To take on a guy with that big of a name. and Not enough people talk about his fucking performance against, against John, John Jones. Jones on one leg. One leg. He had to learn how to walk again, and that man, in my opinion, took three rounds from he the won. light, light we, heavyweight we go. We both agree that he won. Now, regardless of if he won or not, you could argue it for Jones. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Jones got the decision. Yeah. That man on, even if, like, you think he maybe some people, I think Dana White even said he only won one round or something. But it's that crazy, man was bro. staying competitive on one leg. One leg! Give that, man, give that man his respect. Now, I know that's the last time he fought. He's been learning how to walk again for a damn year. So now he's scheduled to fight Glover Teixeira. I'm very yeah. excited about that. Yeah. But regardless, talking about this fight, um, if, you, if you're if you booking that as like, a, you know, in our head, like at UFC 253 or whatever, like this is the, the card coming up. Yeah. Um, it's very exciting because it's like his comeback fight along with Rumbles. Right. Because you don't know how either guy is going to look. Yep. It's. I know I'm giving. I'm kind of giving you more credit there than I should be, just because I'm. I up against you. I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I think that's an awesome fight. I agree. Like, yeah. Could you imagine? I. I Chaos. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, just like I said, throwing cinder blocks yeah. at each other's faces. That's my third fight. Yeah. I freaking love it. But it's time for the co-mains. Oh, I think we're in title fight territory I, here. Do you have two title fights? I do. I do as well. Yeah. All right. My first title fight. Uh, remember when I said at the beginning, Dom, about uh, showing off everything the UFC has to offer? Well, so far yeah. I've so far I've showed yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Showed a lot. I Up agree. and comers, established guys, legends. Yeah. You know who? I, what I haven't shown yet. Women. My co-main's also women. <laughs> Wait a second. Here. I swear, if this Wait. is the same fight, I'm going to be pissed. I think I know what you're going to do, actually. But go ahead, this is your time. Go ahead. I hope so. <laughs> <sighs> you're making the people wait. Okay. Women's flyweight title's on the line. It's Valentina Shevchenko. Yep, I knew it. Someone's coming for the throne. Don't cut me off here. Oh, I know who it is. Someone's coming for her throne. And she... No! Dom, I'm telling you, you can't cut me off here. Someone's coming for her throne, Dom. Who also has a belt. And her name's Whaley Zhang. Remember me! Oh. I thought you were done. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. He, he's currently just... He's walking. I said not to cut me off. <laughs> Listen. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
This is my time. Uh, she is the women's strawweight champion. Alright, now you can go ahead. <laughs> you already said that No, part. you didn't let me finish. Wei Li Jing. And then I said she is the women's strawweight oh. champion. Yeah. Alright, now you can go. No, I already said my piece. <laughs> go ahead. Alright, so... I was just... I was thinking of her awesome post-fight uh, speech when she won the belt. Oh, I know you were. You Remember were sitting, me. You were sitting over there, fucking. You, you just had. You're like, you're sitting there, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta just cut him off one, one time. Listen, you said her name. <laughs> I thought you were done. I'm sorry. All right. So Genuinely, that, I feel bad. Let me be honest here. This is the women's fight to make. There is no other. I don't care what is on that paper. There is no other women's title fight that is bigger than this one. In the current state of the UFC? Yeah. 100% agree. It is the biggest fight to make right now. You talk about super fights, Amanda Nunes has destroyed everybody. Everybody. Yeah. She, well, yeah. <laughs> like, there's nobody left for her. You know, you talk about some of those big stars in the women's divisions, like... What stars? Huh? <laughs> that sounds mean. What did you... Oh, I said what stars. Well, I was going to say Holly um, Holm. Well, yeah. Already beat her. Yeah, I mean, Chris Cyborg is no longer in already, promotion. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that was my point. My point is yeah, like, that she's beaten all of the established There's no stars. more super fights for Amanda. Yeah. Right. And Valentina and Whaley, really for Whaley Zhang, this is definitely like a fight made for Whaley. <laughs> like, you know, not saying that like she would be favored by any means. But it's a fight that she has more to gain here, obviously, going for the champ champ. So in one, on one hand, it's like, okay, well, if Valentina can make 115, then you almost want to give her that chance to go down. They should do both. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think I don't know if Valentina woman. So woman. just to be clear, you have Whaley going up. Yeah, because I, I, I don't see Valentina ever going down. Um, but yeah, just, okay, one of the best women's title fights I've ever seen was Weili Zhang against Joanna Young Jacek. And I was very close to just booking a rematch. But ultimately, Joanna's like kind of maybe retired. Yeah, that's... Um, also, I feel like even as amazing of a fight as it was, and you can debate about who won. Weili and Joanna? Yeah. Well, you could totally debate the winner of that fight, even though I thought Weili won. I did, too. Uh... In reality, like, this fight's just bigger. It's bigger, and it's better. And it's really going to put a lot of eyes on those women's divisions. That fight would be awesome. You know, you have to, Amanda Nunes is the women's GOAT, but she just, uh, she's too dominant almost. Mm-hmm. So now you have two dominant champions. One of them's got to go. That's... Because think about Nunes versus Cyborg. That was probably the last time that Nunes really, like, had a big fight yeah when I, when I, and I mean big fight as in like it was hyped up by the whole community yeah like her last even though she headlined UFC 250 that wasn't like everybody thought she was going to steamroll her she fought Jermaine Durand to me a lot of people just don't like Jermaine Durand to me yeah me, true me included but um, that's the last time that a fight of hers was like this is huge even her fight with Holly Holm that was after that Holly Holm had lost, like... Yeah, it wasn't that big of a fight. It was just exciting because that was actually the first time that it, they had ever fought against each other. But other than that, like... Ooh. 
Amanda and Holly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um, at a... No, that was Bantamweight, wasn't it? Or was it Featherweight? Why do I feel like that was Featherweight? That was at Featherweight. No, it was at Bantamweight. You sure? Because then she defended against GDR She's only at defense. And then she defended against Felicia at Featherweight. I'm pretty sure Felicia was the first defense okay. of the Featherweight title. But either way, um, hype-wise um, yeah. for her, yeah. Just that fight was a huge fight because both those women have been dominant for a long time. Uh, now you have these two girls who they both seem to really want this fight. I think it would be a great challenge for each. Valentina's put on some great technical performances. Wei Lee comes in with that fucking power. Yeah. And I think what's funny is what you're going to notice about my co-main and main event is they're almost similar in how I pictured them in my head style matchups. Yeah. And I'll leave it there. So, uh... I, uh... This will be, like, the first time I have, like, a little negative. Okay. But it's not like... I love this. You're fight. gonna say this that, awesome. you're gonna say that you think Whaley should defend more. I think that as a champion, Valentina is more established mm-hmm. currently. Uh, Whaley won the fight against Andrade in 42 seconds, destroyed her in China, freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, then has the fight of the year against Joanna at the beginning of this year, or the last pay per view that had fans in the stands. So. She has one title defense. She's she's dominant. Like, don't get me wrong. But I don't know if you can call her a dominant champion yet like you can Valentina. Yeah. So, I think one for sure, maybe two more title defenses. Valentina gets one more in against Jennifer Maya. Then, boom. However, does this fight need to happen if both are still champions? Absolutely. I think I look at it. I like, can't imagine how great. I know that, that they're both not like I know Whaley. I wouldn't consider her a dominant champion, but she yeah. has all the makings to. But be. She is a dominant women's fighter. Yeah, and she can become a dominant champion. And with that power, I know that that's going to translate well to putting on that ten pounds for her. And again, Valentina being that such a technical striker. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, there's two tests. For Whaley that I would want her to take before she fights Valentina. Well, I'm assuming you're going to pick one. One of which is my co-main event. Okay. And this is the fight that's honestly... Uh, so I had two co-mains. Couldn't decide. But I wanted to show some love to the dominant badass women as well. So I'm going women's co-main. Can I take a guess on which one you didn't choose? Yeah, go ahead. Um, sorry. Now I'm cutting you off. No, but... you're good. I do it every episode, so you're fine. And I, I'm gonna feel bad if this is the one you actually did pick. I'm gonna assume, as my co-main. Yeah, I'm assuming that you didn't pick Rose Namajunas. You're assuming you. You're I'm saying, assuming it's Weili Zhang versus either Rose Namajunas or Tatiana Suarez. This is correct. It is one of those two women. But I'm assuming it's not Rose Namajunas. It is. Is it really? Thug Rose. I'm actually surprised. So, I was torn between this. Because, well, Tatiana is who I predicted to be the champ. Right. And Very high on I her. swear, dude, day by day, I just love Wei Li Zhang so much more that, that me picking Tatiana hurts my feelings. Um, Tatiana is incredible. 
Uh, but she's so injury prone that she honestly probably needs to fight one more time before she gets a title fight, even though she's undefeated. So yes, I have Wei Li Zhang defending her uh, strawweight belt against Rose Namajunas. Rose coming off a fight of the night performance, got her revenge against Jessica Andrade. We just talked about that uh, on Monday. Wei Li, of course, as I just mentioned, defeated Joanna in the fight of the year, one of the best fights I've ever seen in my 22 years of life on this earth. Uh, in February of this year. So the timing is set up to where, uh, well, obviously they're not going to fight this year because it's kind of booked up anyway, but for my make-believe, you know, card, this is a fight that makes sense. It's honestly probably the fight that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Honestly. like, So it's not like too like, oh, wow, what a fight. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, but I think it's a fight that's awesome. If we're talking matchups. This is where, so like, Whaley's technical, right? But she she's got power. Rose is extremely technical and picks people apart. She's like a punches and bunches. Yeah. While Whaley throws the haymakers. So this is a very fun, stylistic fight for me. And really, it's a fight that I hope, honest God, happens. And it should, right? Uh I don't know who would win this. And I, I'm not trying to pick every fight I make tonight, even though we've done a couple of them. This fight to me is so fun, and it's a great co-main event for a huge main event. And I think even in real life, it would be a co-main to another... It would be a two-title fight uh, main card in real life as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on like these two fighting? Because uh, honestly, like we know it's probably going to happen. I mean, obviously I'm all for what you're doing with your co-main there because I think it's great to kind of give that platform to them. I mean, not that they haven't had it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've been headline, women have been headlining pay-per-views in UFC for a while now, so... Uh, but it's just nice that, like, this new crop kind of... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just Amanda who's, like, running shit. Yeah, like, Ronda's gone. Amanda's not the only dominant champion anymore. Cyborg's not even in the UFC. Women's divisions are fun right now. I guess for this fight, though... My only, uh, my only thing is, um, I, see, what's weird is as soon as you count out Rose Namajunas, that's when she shocks you. Yeah. I definitely count her out in that fight, though. Really? I think Whaley... You think it would be one-sided? I think it'd be one-sided. I think it'd be a beating. Now, I also thought, see, what's, <laughs> what's funny is I don't... When uh, Andrade and Namajunas fought the first time, you know, I'm big on Andrade. Yeah. So I originally was, like, picking her. I thought it was going to be similar to, like, the Kovalkiewicz fight, almost. And then right before I kept, I was, like, looking at the betting odds and Andrade was the favorite, even though she was the challenger to the belt, and I went, something about that doesn't feel right. So much to my chagrin... (laughs) I switched my pick, and she did dominate that fight for two and a half rounds, and then, bloop, yeah, plopped on her head. <laughs> Good night. Tough to watch, man. And uh, yeah, ultimately though, uh, Rose is like definitely. Uh, you mean you when she won the belt? When she won the belt against Joanna, she shocked the world. Shocked the world. Joanna had <laughs> looked shocked so unbeatable. the world. Joanna had so much as not even looked like she had been bothered in a fight. Yeah, and to put her out in like two minutes. And then rematch immediately. God, that was and, a great fight, too. Yeah, it was a great fight and a fight that she clearly won. Yeah, I thought it was a Rose win, too. Yeah, it was clearly. So, 
Oh no, I like it. I like to see Rose getting another shot at the belt. I just don't uh, know how well, if you're talking about like a, how well will the fight be? Yeah. I, it might be a little too one-sided for my liking. Even though it might end early, it might be an exciting knockout, but that's just my thoughts. I mean, that's definitely a bias, I guess. That, that's a hard fight. Like, like again, like on paper, on paper, it's a great fight. But if you're making me like guess, think of like the idea of it, that's how I, I picture it in my head as being one-sided toward Whaley. So, uh, that's is the, it time? Main event time. Oh my! This one, I, I legitimately am picking a fight that's already booked. Oh, yeah. This time I'm being serious. It's a fight that's already booked because it is the fight. I think this is the fight of all fights right now. Middleweight division, yeah. Israel Adesanya, yeah. Paulo Costa. This is the fight. This may not be the biggest selling fight. This may not be... They're, they're surely hyping it up. I mean, man. yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Adesanya on the cover of UFC 4 with Masvidal, they, the UFC thinks he's a big star. Yeah. But he's a guy that definitely is still on his upward climb yeah. towards that superstar status. Paulo Costa no slouch himself but um ultimately like it's not you know this isn't um i don't know like a big time heavyweight title fight like this isn't stipe versus dc3 yeah you know but it's not something that everybody's gonna be talking about or habib and gaethje you know the more casual fans may be like i don't don't care adesanya's last fight was boring i don't want to watch it this fight on paper dana white said it himself this is his prediction for fight of the year. The year with which we saw Yoana Wei Li Zhang, yeah. which is the best women's fight I've ever seen. Uh, that's a bold statement by the ball. So, I mean, ultimately, this fight, I'm bit, I am I picked Paolo Costa to be middleweight champion yeah. this time next year. So, obviously, I see him winning that fight, we, which, I we guess, got... which I think is what adds to my love for the matchup because some people, you know, probably the over half of the people who have predict or are predicting this fight, they're taking on Asanya, and rightfully so. The guy's earned his place, but uh, they think they think it's going to be just him like keeping his distance, picking Paulo apart. Paulo just doesn't play by those rules, man. Hey, man, you watch that fight with Yoel Romero, or even another fun one. Um, I know he's not Asanya good, but if you watch this fight with Uriah Hall. That's a guy who tried that same game plan. Well, yeah, that's if we're talking like how they strike, Uriah is probably the most comparable yeah. in the division. And the, as far as the game plan, keeping the distance, trying to pick him apart, stay moving, mm-hmm. Paolo wore him down, man. Sure, he took some shots. I think he even got dropped to a knee at one point or something. I don't remember exactly. But overall, Paulo Costa is going to bring war to Adesanya. And Adesanya... Think about it, man. That Kelvin Gastelum fight, one of the best fights ever. That fight was incredible. Um, Adesanya is definitely a guy who can put on a show. Think about this. Although these are our, uh, you know, hypothetical pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. We're having people vote on which was better. This fight is happening in three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. This we is... get to break this fight down. Yeah. I literally looked at the next pay-per-view and went, yeah, that's my main event. Because there's no other... There's the rest of the year. 
there could be other fights that get booked that would maybe excite me more. But as, especially in terms like of if title you're talking fights, if you're talking like a Steve Bay fight, like obviously that's gonna excite me. But there's no other matchup the rest of the year. Habib Gaethje, Cody Figueredo, any of the women's title fights that are probably gonna be booked like Whaley and Rose. Amanda and um, Megan Anderson. Valentina and Jennifer. Yeah, like, there is no other title fight or any matchup the rest of the year that excites me as much as this one. This fight is going to be insane. I'm not saying it's going to go five rounds. I'm not saying it's going to go a whole round. But for whatever amount of time is in there, Paulo's going to be charging. Absolutely. And Adesanya is going to be throwing... Anything he can to keep Paulo off of him. We get to break this down in depth in three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. I'm so excited. This fight this is fight. happening this month. I don't care who wins. Like, I mean, I, I love I like both guys. You know, I in my head right now, I'm sticking with Paulo because that's who I picked. But, you know, I, again, not that I think that he's like gonna I, I, I really think this is a fight that's gonna go like a few, uh, at least a couple rounds. Like yeah. I, it's going to be a war. I think it's going to be it a has, war. I don't see in any way, shape, this or form. This feels like a slouch, what I'm about to say this, but if you look at Adesanya's fight with Gastelum. Look what Gastelum, Gastelum did And I don't want it to sound like I'm hating on Gastelum, but what Gastelum was able to do to Adesanya, and you look at a guy like Paul, Paolo, who's so much bigger and stronger. Well, like, what do you imagine a Apollo would do to Kelvin? I mean, I, man, I like Kelvin Gastelum, but I especially the Kelvin we're seeing they now. They look, they just look like they're different breeds of human beings. Paulo Costa looks like he should be in the heavyweight division. Yeah, um, and he probably and he would be if he didn't have to cut so much weight. Yeah, what is he cutting? Like thirty five pounds? Yeah, like ridiculous amount of weight. God, I just hope he gets through the weight cut, dude. He's never um, had an issue before. Yeah. So. Overall, though, that I don't want to keep dragging it out. That's the fight. And oh, is, I cannot wait to break that down with you yeah. for our 253. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming here that this is not who you, what you picked for your main event. No, I went big. Oh. Well, okay, your fight's big. I literally went big. You went big. The biggest. Yeah. So you went for uh, the throat here. Yeah, I pulled the trigger on it. John Jones, Stipe Miocic. Who's the goat? Oh wow. Oh wow. You really. You're really pulling that one out, huh? Yeah. Let's be honest here. <sighs> Say Stipe beats Francis a second time. Right. Then fights John Jones. Don't you think it's safe to say the winner of that fight is like a solidified top three of all time? Between Stipe and John? I mean, Potential already, goat. I mean, basically... I mean, a lot of people have John as their goat. I mean, John, Dana White has John as his goat. John's my number three. Yeah. Well, same. So, so, like, let's be real. And I know you don't like this fight for Stipe. I understand. John Jones is incredible, right? He's he's undefeated. I, I can't deny, though, like, regardless of what I've been saying this whole time about, like, oh, fights aren't made on paper, they're made in the octagon, and, you know, it's all about the fight quality and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that fight is... You can't get a bigger fight. I mean, you can. In the entire UFC right now, I don't think there's a bigger fight. Bigger in what way? Every way. I I really don't. Like, 
This move for John has been years in the making. Stipe just came off of the biggest trilogy in UFC history. Solidified himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time. So what else can Stipe do? He can become the greatest of all time. What can John do? Solidify that there's no mistake about it. He is the number one of all time. And then all, considering I beat Stipe, I guess I'm the greatest heavyweight of all time too after one fight. The, this, the ramifications are unfathomable for this fight. I, I Matchup-wise, again, I know you think John would win convincingly. I am so intrigued by every small, minute detail of these two fighting each other. And if we could ever preview this fight, which hopefully we do one day, what a breakdown that'll be. I, I want to use one of your points earlier against one of my fights back on you here. And I, this might be a hot take. Uh, I don't think John Jones deserves a title fight, a title fight right away. Yeah. Now, if Francis Ngannou was not waiting. Yeah. Well, and I will say that John made a very tempting case. His uh, his tweets about the topic actually were pretty persuasive. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, he makes a good point. Like, and Stipe, the idea of not wanting that fight again makes a lot of sense as well because he dominated him. Yeah. And and, and I'm a, I'm of the belief that Francis is really as great as he is as just like this bigger than life type guy, this Mike Tyson of MMA. He's not really changed that much. Yeah. The- He's a little leaner, but besides that, he still throws the same wild, shitty-looking well, papers. Like, at the end of the day, if you're Stipe, right, I get it, you dominated him. But if you really look at John Jones, Francis Ngannou, which one really is the more risky fight? For not only the outcome, but for your career. Does a loss against Francis look better or a loss against John Jones? I honestly don't know. So, like... I get, And I know that might you know also I mean? be a weird... Because my gut was to be like, oh, John Jones... Or, wait, you said which one looks worse? Which one, yeah, would be a worse loss? Well, in, in theory, it would be Ngannou because Jones has the prestige of being, like, a top three all time. But then you go, but this you re- is Jones' first fight yeah, heavyweight. So, like, yeah. it was kind of like how I felt when he lost to DC the first time. I was like, especially in the way he lost to him. You know what I mean? It, it just like it stung. It was like you felt like he wasn't. You felt like he wasn't going to be treated moving forward the yeah. way you knew he was. Good like at. in an ideal, realistic world, I would want Stipe to beat Ngannou, and I would like to see John fight like a winner of Curtis Blades and Derek Lewis. We've talked about that before, mm-hmm. uh, and then both of them fight each other. Right, because then you're like, okay, well, John beat a top five. He's obviously got it, even though he went up a weight class. Stipe just defended it against Francis, so there's no one else for Stipe to even fight outside of John Jones. Because why would he fight a loser of a fight? Right. And what's going to be a bigger fight, Stipe versus John, or Stipe versus Derek Lewis or Curtis Blades? You know what I mean? So like, realistically, they both get a fight in, and then this fight would happen. But if we're going hypothetical pay per views. Stipe John Jones, man. And as a Stipe fan, like... <laughs> it's the biggest fight in the sense of how we talked about, in my opinion, Stipe versus DC3 was... It would... 
this is a very bold. Don't say it. Don't say it. It won't. It won't. You're crazy if you think it'll break a pay-per-view. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say that. Uh, This would be arguably the most important fight in UFC history. Slash biggest. I shouldn't say biggest because that's like a Habib Connor type yeah, matchup. That's why I keep, so I'm going to say important. That's why I've, I'm going to go with important. Instead. Yeah, okay. That's kind of how my sentiments Because if you're really looking at it. I mean, hey, look. I said Stipe DC3 was the biggest title fight in UFC history. Yeah, so like. And I stand by that in the sense of the biggest in the, the most important. It's probably a better way of wording it. Th- this is what I'm going to leave it at. What two weight classes have been the face of this organization for 27 years? If you go back to its roots, it's always been heavyweight, light heavyweight. Who's the greatest light heavyweight of all time? John Jones. Who's the greatest heavyweight of all time? Stipe Miocic. Well, that's it. That's versus. That's definitely part a, one. You know, I, I, I want, I'm curious. Uh, there was one fight for me anyway that uh was very tough to pass up Do we want to each give one honorable mention that didn't make the cut? Yeah, I'll give an honorable mention for my other main event. Okay. Um, I almost did no title fights. You wanted to do a star? I was going to do Masvidal and McGregor. <laughs> really? And the co-main would have been Dustin and Tony. Oh, that fight just sends shivers and down my spine. I kind of almost like wish I would have just done that. You know, I'm shocked that you would want to make that fight. So at welterweight, right? I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, okay. You're you. That's surprising to me. But so, go ahead. Um, contrary to maybe what might be believed, I'm not someone who hates Conor McGregor. I have a lot of love and respect. Yeah, we don't hate on Conor McGregor. We're just real about it. Like, I think we're real enough to be like annoyed. Like we're like kinda, he's not the. Good, we do we do like, get kind of annoyed by Conor McGregor sometimes, but ultimately but at the, end of the day, like you can't deny what he's done. I just when I was looking career. at main events, right? I'm like thinking, okay, it's kind of what you ended up going with with. Um, uh, Jones versus Stipe. Just going big. Where it's like, what is just a huge fight? fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I ended up. I, I the the other part of my brain that I was like, okay, I want to do a more, like, something that matters for divisions and yeah. whatnot. Um, but that was I was very close, especially because I wanted so badly to do Dustin and Tony. Well, like that's the other thing. Just to pause for you and me, like we're not just about like, oh, let's do these two together. We care about the divisions. Yeah. We we foresee yeah. the future and what's yeah. going to happen. So I like, mean, your main event is definitely more integral to the divisions that they affect. Well, than, with that than, type of main event, it's like for well, I, what but, I'm saying compared to like the the one that was my right. honorable mention. But anyway, it was just one other moment in the history. I mean, it, it'll probably happen again moving forward. But you have Conor McGregor, who has, despite his lack of. Uh, activity i guess in fighting despite maybe a lot of his transgressions a lot of the legal trouble he's gotten outside of the octagon a lot of the dumb shit he's kind of said or done he remains undisputably the largest star currently that the ufc has ever seen i don't know if it could ever be uh 
pass. So it was honest. in my eyes. This almost like I almost wish I would have. This this uh, fight would have probably been even bigger if this happened on Fight Island instead of Masvidal Usman. But yeah. Considering kind of how that fight went, but ultimately though, Masvidal may be the closest we've seen to Conor McGregor since. I mean, as far as male fighters, oh, he's I'm, definitely Nate Diaz level, and I would say even he's higher probably than bigger that. now. Yeah, now, but I'm saying like when well, Nate Diaz that, when Nate Diaz beat Conor McGregor and then they did the rematch. Yeah, that was the next level. I mean, obviously Conor was carrying a lot of that, especially the well, first. Well, it was time. number one and number two in terms of hype in the whole yeah. UFC. I mean, that's just fact. So to me, I was like trying to think of okay. I mean, there may not be another moment in the UFC's history where you have two guys that are almost so close to like like okay. McGregor is definitely a far step above Masvidal in terms of star power. Yeah. But that, like, I don't know if we'll ever see. It's hard to compare his level of stardom to anyone else. But the fact that we have someone who is, like, reasonably close. Yeah. Outside of Nate Diaz. It, like, made me so tempted to put that fight together. And also, I was just kind of, like, I almost got, like, excited about the idea of trying to book something with no title fights. And trying to say, my card's better. Yeah. And it was like, that's the fight that would have been. It was either that or McGregor-Diaz 3 was an option as well. That's a huge fight. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to be straight with you. At welterweight, I think Masvidal wins comfortably. I think he's too big. I mean, I would pick him to win. And that's kind of, I think, one of the reasons I went against it is and I just I, don't know how good. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying. Connor I don't know how good win. of a fight it would have ended up being. Yeah. You know? You know, honestly, you never know. We could still see that fight. You never oh, know. We for sure can still see that fight. You never know. Um, but yeah, anything, any other final thoughts? For My you? honorable mention that didn't make the cut was actually for Co-Main. It was another title fight. It was actually um, Volkanovski versus Zabit was my mm. co-main. Yeah, I think you made a better choice. Yeah, like, something about there's that. something about that fight that really is I'm, interesting I'm to just me. not too high but, on either Well, guy. no one's high on Volkanovski right now because he's arguably coming off a loss to Max. Yeah. So, like, at the end of the day, I was like, ah. Although it's a fight that I think, like, Zabit could get a title shot. Obviously, they're going to give him Yair and whatever. But I just think, like, it's an interesting matchup because it's a beat so much bigger and longer. And I'd like to see how uh, Volk would deal with that. But at the end of the day, man, I am I freaking love Whaley and Rose so much. And I think yeah. that fight would be so competitive and interesting. So I went with the I went with the badass women of the UFC as the co-main. Cool. Other than that, though, that's it, man. All right. So, uh, yeah, let us know uh, again. It's on them now. Yeah, so it's it's up to you guys. You guys can comment on our Instagram post for this video tomorrow or even the preview post that we made uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, comment on Um, either Just comment who you think. Just clearly say, I'm buying Dom or I'm buying Noah's pay-per-view. Yeah. Comment on this YouTube video. Yeah, comment on this podcast episode on our Instagram. If you... you, Catch us on posting on Twitter, Twitter or, or Facebook, Facebook, like whatever you use or whatever. Even Snapchat, like as long yeah. as me and you. Any, can anything it. that we can literally tally votes with. Yeah. Um, we'll basically go. So we record our fight night previews on Thursdays. So we'll have until 
we'll have what five or six a.m. tomorrow or Wednesday when you guys are hearing this all day Wednesday and all day Thursday up until Thursday evening right. that's when we'll tally the votes and we'll announce them on our preview yep. show agreed so I, I I really hope you guys enjoyed this this was so fun mm-hmm. and this is something that this never even crossed my mind so when you brought it up I was like damn that's such a good idea this can be like a series that we do every so often so you know that's why this is inaugural episode part one and uh, I had a blast awesome Dom this has been fun but tell the people where they can find you on social media you can find me on twitter and instagram at dsalee14 more importantly our podcast instagram you can find us uh, at below average joe's underscore podcast and you can find me on twitter and instagram at ntbaker underscore and with that we're out and we'll see y'all on friday